Storm Bowling Products. The Bowlers Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Gabriella Mayfield. Gabriella is the interim head coach at Valpo University, the Crusaders. Gabriella bowled collegiately at Central Missouri State. She is also a USBC Silver Certified Coach. Gabriella Timberg and Coach Casey Klemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. All right. Well, let's begin. You grew up in California, and you decided to head to Central Missouri State to bowl. So let's talk about that and what ultimately led you to move to Warrington, Missouri to bowl. Um, I... My senior year of high school, I wasn't sure where I wanted to go. I competed in uh, team trials, which was held in Vegas, and I bowled pretty well. Um, had a few few uh, college coaches recruit me, and uh, when I went to and visited Central Missouri, I just fell in love with the campus. And um, Coach Holmes was great. He was, you know, one of the top 100 coaches in the world, and I just felt like my fit there was perfect. Nice. What were some of your uh, more memorable experiences uh, competing in college? The team. I mean, everybody that I bowled with was basically like family. Um, I bowled all three years. Well, I bowled four years, and three of them I competed with Kara Richards. She's from uh, Tecumseh, Michigan, and she was she was always there for me. And, you know, just being able to look back and know that um, even to this day, we're still really great friends. Um, the friendships I made, bowling collegiately, going for titles and um, winning tournaments with ten other, well, nine other girls. It was, it's a feeling like you'll never experience unless you go to college and you bowl. Yeah. So, what was your what was the reaction like? You were bowling collegiately with the ladies there when the PWBA and the USBC made their announcement that the PWBA was starting back up. Do you remember your initial reaction to that and what your thought was as you were bowling in college? I thought it was awesome. I knew right when I was done with my senior year, I was going to buy my um, PWBA card and go out on tour. Uh, Liz Colkin and Sarah Loker and I, we all basically went out right after we graduated from college and bowled uh, bowled, uh, professionally. And it it was a great experience going from college and not having really like take a whole long break. You know, we we finished in April at nationals and then we were making our first tour stop in May at Queens. So I know I graduated on the 13th of May and on the 15th I was up in Wisconsin bowling queen as a professional bowler. That's pretty awesome to be able to just kind of make that transition like there so fast. You probably don't have time to even really think much about your uh, your graduation there and get and graduate from college. Um, not really. I mean, it was like I said, it was really fast. Um, graduated, then drove up to Wisconsin, so it was fun. There's a lot That's of cool. adrenaline. So, that was for sure. So, tell, so how, how did that, uh, as far as your first experience there, then you went right into the, into the Queens and, you know, having 
been used to bowling in that team environment and having all the great kind of support around you, what was it, what was it like then going into that singles competition and just kind of basically sort of being on your own? Uh, it was definitely different, but, you know, I mean, even during the summers, like when we were off from college, we still bowled in individual tournaments. And over Christmas break, we bowled an individual tournament. So it wasn't that much of a change. Um, just knowing that you, you, you were never going to put on your school uniform ever again, that kind of hit hard. Yeah, so you know, what's, what's the biggest piece of advice that you've passed along to the ladies that you're coaching right now? Just enjoy the moment. You only get four years, and it, it goes by extremely fast. I mean, I, I still think I'm that 17-year-old kid going off to college the first time, and then I'm realizing, oh, hey, wait, I already have my bachelor's degree pulled for four years, and now I'm getting ready to graduate with my master's degree. So it, it goes by fast. Um, don't hold any grudges. Don't, don't get upset. It's not the end of the world. It's just bowling, and you have to live in the moment, and you have to have fun. That sounds like good life advice, not e not even just, you know, <laughs> advice for bowling. <laughs> um, hey, I've got a question for you. Now, you, uh, you've you got a tournament, your first tournament of the season is coming up here. Um, you've got uh, only, what, maybe three, four weeks away or so in New Jersey. Is that right? What are you doing to uh, prepare for that? Um, actually, it's less. We actually have our home tournament, the Crusader Challenge. That's coming up on the 21st and 22nd. Um, so we actually bowl in, like, two weeks, three weekends, something like that. Um, we're just practicing. Uh, they're getting used to all their new equipment that we drilled up um, about a week and a half ago, a week ago, um, working on a lot of spare shooting drills, getting back used to Baker because we have two freshmen, and then uh, we have a transfer from Vanderbilt University, and um, just trying to get the team intertwined and really mingle and you know get, get used to each other. So you're a USBC Silver certified coach as well. How much of your, how much coaching do you do when you're in that group environment versus bringing the ladies in one on one and maybe doing more individual stuff? For, where as opposed to like you said, you're working on spares. Or will you pull them off to the side and kind of work individually? Or how do you, how do you feel that balance works? And how how have you found it to be successful? Um. Well, usually for like the first hour, there's uh, quite a few girls that are like nursing students, so they don't get out of class until about four thirty. Um, so the younger players and the players that aren't in late classes, they actually come in and I'm actually able to work with them one-on-one, -on -one, um, give them about 20, 30 minutes in between each other, make sure that they're, you know, having the right technique, working on footwork, arm swing, you know, releasing the ball different ways. Um, usually that's like the first hour of practice and then they work on that and then, once everybody gets there, then they shoot about 10 minutes of spares, 15 minutes of spares, and then we go into either, like, team game competition or um, baker competition, which the team game stuff I actually use as, like, a uh, um, evaluation process. See how they do with, like, spare shooting, how many spares they're picking up, combinations, what frames that they're, uh, they tend to miss on. Um I know, like, last year there was a girl who would always go light her seventh frame. So just having that type of record, you get them, you, you know your team better. And, you know, I would always tell her, I'm like, hey, seventh frame, you might want to move to right. 
And she'd be like, why? I, I have three in a row. And I'm like, well, you know, you, you're going to go light. So just move. Just trust <laughs> me on this. And uh, she would end up throwing it right and still striking because she would move right. So just having that type of record and, you know, being able to use it to your advantage, I think is that's, that's, really important. That's cool. Yeah. And, and little insight like that, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a, certain player um he's had a little bit of success in our sport that every time uh he needs a strike and has done so over years he knows that his tendency is to be a little bit soft with it and he almost automatically moves about two boards left uh when he needs a strike in a pressure situation that and that person's pete weber so you know that's if it's good for pete one of the greatest uh, of all time you know you, you definitely hopefully you're you're your students and your teammates trust some of that kind of insight that, hey, even if I'm lined up, if I know this is my tendency, i got to go ahead and I should kind of follow that rule. So that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, I know when I was in college, I, I always have, like, this, like, little stutter thing where I go to start, like, I get lined up, and then I always move an additional, like, one or two boards left just out of habit just because I know I'm either going to pull it or I'm going to hit it way too hard. <laughs> but these girls yep, don't really def- have that issue. Definitely, definitely <laughs> got to get to know, got to get to know your own game and know your tendencies. Hey, question I have for you. Now that we do have a lot of younger uh, listeners here that are you know competing in high school and and looking at different uh, colleges, but maybe they don't really know exactly what to look for or how do they evaluate? You know, should I go to college A or college B or you know what are kind of some of those key decision points? What would you what would you recommend for for a younger player look, trying to figure out what the right university is for them? Academics. If they have your academic program, go for your academics. Bowling is always second. I know we're supposed to, you know, grow the sport and make sure that bowling is, you know, one of our top things. But when your academics comes first, that that's how happy you're going to be. Um, when I decided to go to Central Missouri, um, I, I based it on bowling because they were a powerhouse and I wanted to bowl in college. I didn't really care about my academics. But as I went on, I was like, hey, you know, it would have been really nice if I went to a university that had my degree as an actual program. Um, And that's one of the main reasons why I chose Valparaiso University was because they had my master's degree as an actual certified degree um, instead of just a regular master's degree. Um, But I would definitely suggest going, checking out a university on their academic stand, like, what what they have academic wise and if you're truly know what you want to do if you're going into college saying hey i want to be you know sport management or sport administration go to a program who's accredited not just say oh hey they have a great bowling program go to a program that has your academics um make sure you get the most ac like the highest act sat score um the best advice is getting a tutor to teach you how to take an uh, SAT and ACT. Um, It breaks down, like, questions on um, how they're ranked, like, question hardness from one to four. Um, A tutor will actually teach you how to take the ACT so you get a higher score. And that helps out. That allows you to go to better universities with better bowling programs and get more money so you don't have to pay as much out of pocket. So, Gabriella, um, one of the things that uh, a couple other 
people who bowled collegiately, Marshall Kent and Danielle McEwen did over the last week. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch it, but they went uh, out at uh, Salt Lake City. They went around and they said, what do you think that normal or that um, quote-unquote average bowler looks like, the professional bowler? And they went and were getting kind of these man-on-the-street sort of reactions. It's a fun video. We're going to link it up here in the description of the show, too. So I'm going to invite everyone to take a look at that if you haven't seen it. And it's funny to watch these people's answers to what they think a bowler looks like or what they're, you know, what the uh, illusion of as a bowler. Is that something, you know, you talked earlier about growing a sport. Is that something that as you, you know, as how are you dealing with that with your, your ladies there that, hey, gal, you know, we are athletes. We practice in the, you know, we have gym time. We have all this stuff. We practice in the gym. We practice on the lanes. You talk about an hour and a half worth of practice before half the gals even show up. I mean, this isn't just something that, um, you know, that people should take lightly anymore. And how are you doing that? And how are you communicating that to the ladies? And then how are they, are they having to communicate that as well when they go out and compete? Um, with our university, they're, they're really supportive of us. And, um, like the girls actually, they work out, um, they work out every morning at nine until about 10 30. They, they do their workouts with our strength coach and then uh, most of the ladies will actually go and work out at night. Um, I probably have one of the fittest teams in the country just because that's all they like to do is work out and bowl. Um, but, yeah, uh, watching Danielle's and Marshall's video about how, you know, the people thought that, you know, your typical bowler was a fat, bald guy. Um, see, if they – if, like – if we're able to like get it on mainstream TV, like collegiate bowling, just regular tournaments. Um, I know with our, uh, our Chicago event, our Crusader classic that's in February, we're actually trying to get the media involved in Chicago where we have, um, live interviews and actually, um, going on the news channel with our bowling team and all the programs that come out for our tournament. Um, and I think, communicating that to the general public will actually help grow the sport and they'll be like oh hey wow all these people are actually bowling in college and you know getting their education paid for um maybe we should start doing that and having our kids get into programs like that so there's a lot of cool things that are going to be happening in the next few years that i know a lot of college coaches and myself are trying to look forward to and get done Final question I have for you, uh, looking at your roster here for this year. It looks like you have a lot of uh, kind of seasoned uh, veterans here. you got a lot of seniors on your, on your roster. And it looks like as well, too, you've got a player. It's just a guess here, but I think uh, uh, possibly one of your players, uh, Kendra Trinisky, maybe any kind of a relationship to Mike Trinisky, who is a former touring professional. Yes, that is her dad. And he is actually one of our uh, volunteer assistant coaches. He's actually helping out with our ball reactions and uh, lane play this year. Um, she's she's a great athlete and bowler. Um, last year was her freshman year, and she made one all-tournament team out of you know the eight tournaments that we bowled in. So it was a pretty successful year for her. I'm um, going to lean a lot on her this year. Uh, she'll probably be our fourth or fifth bowler just because she, she works so ex- extremely hard over the summer, and her improvements are... <laughs> they're pretty awesome i i will say like the first time i saw her back on campus practicing i was like wow kendrick you put in some hard work this summer didn't you she, you know so she nice uh her see. and her dad yeah. have been working really hard i'm um, really excited for this season just because i know what these girls can do and uh 
with having five seniors, you know, they, they, they know the process. Um, they're all really good. And same thing with our freshmen. Our freshmen, um, Becky, she comes from Chesterton, which is just up the road from Valpo. And uh, she bowled in high school, was very successful in Indiana State. Um, she'll, she'll see quite a bit of playing time. And same thing with Morgan Peach. Uh, she's coming from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, where she bowled in high school and a lot of JBT tournaments. Um, so they, they, all the girls we have this year are really, really seasoned, and I, I see a lot of success this year with them. Yeah. Uh, Gabrielle, my final question is this past year, this past summer even, um, when you were out bowling on the PWBA tour, you had some tragedy strike when you were at an event. Why don't you update, uh, you know, first off, if you if you don't mind briefly telling that story to the folks and then maybe updating people on where that is and how that's all been, you know, what happened and how that's all working out for you these days. Yeah, um, when I was at Players Championship up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, I um, I got a call from my mom saying that there was a fire and the cell towers were burning down and she didn't know when she was going to talk to me next. And then uh, I talked to a neighbor who still had surprisingly had self-service and she was like, yeah, last time I saw your mom, she was running back into the house and uh, the fire was right across the street. Well, I didn't hear from my mm. mom for about 16 and a half hours. Uh, I was at the mm. practice session when I heard, you know, everything had happened and I didn't hear until like nine or 10 o'clock at night that you know, the last person who saw her was running back inside and the fire was across the street. So I <laughs> I got probably like an hour, hour and a half of sleep. I was exhausted. I was so worried and scared because I didn't know if my mom was alive or, you know, if anything, if the house had burned down, if, if everything was gone, if she was gone. And it was just a really emotional and tragic time. Um, I finally heard from her about 15 minutes before I went to the bowling center and uh, competed. And uh, she told me everything was gone. She got out of the house barely. Um, the smoke was so bad that she couldn't see the road. She couldn't see anything. She was just driving by instinct. She said it was like a fire tornado coming down with fireballs from the mountain. And it. she said it was the worst thing that she had ever seen. And just going into the day knowing that everything was gone and you really had nothing left to lose. Um, at that point I was bowling for my town and my family just because I wanted to show them, Hey, even though something bad happens, there's, there's some good that can come out of it. And ended up going like 150 over the first block and being in fourth and then just got hit by a brick wall towards the end of the turn end of the qualifying rounds. And, ended up making top 16 at players championship, which was a major. And, um, it was, it was very sad, but at the same time, I knew I was trying to do something for my family and my community because we lost so many homes. There was probably at least five to 600 homes that had burned down in a town of 2,500. So you can imagine how many people Mm. were left on the streets and, and centers and everything like that. Um, I went home over like, I went home right after the U.S. Open, and it was still like a war zone. It just, everything was gone. There was no grass. There was no trees. Everything was just black. Um, Right now, they finally got their lot cleared on our house, and uh, reconstruction of our house is starting probably in the next two to three weeks. 
Um, and then it's going to take about five, five months to build the new home. So it, it's still, there's still houses that are still getting cleared off. Uh, one part of the town hasn't even been touched yet for clearing. So it's still very damaged over there. Wow. What an emotional story. That's uh, and it's still going on. Huh? It's still yeah. in the process of rebuilding. Wow. It did seem like, at least from what I could tell, that you did get a decent amount of support from the bowling community while you were there at the tournaments, huh? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I probably wouldn't have been able to do it without my friends that I hang out with week in, week out on tour. Um, Liz Culkin, Sarah Loker, we bowled against each other in college, and we were, like, best friends in college. They were there for me. Rocio Restrepo, um, Linda Walbum, Summer Jasmine, Christina Wendell. I mean, if I didn't have them like supporting me every shot, I, I probably wouldn't been crying or not bold. Cause I wasn't even sure if I was going to compete. If I hadn't heard from my mom, I wasn't going to compete basically just because I knew I was an emotional train wreck. Yeah. Wow. Well, fascinating story there, Gabriella. Again, if you want to check out, um, more on Valpo at bowling, you can go to valpoathletics.com. See, you guys have a, a nice website there where folks can check you guys out and, uh, and follow you throughout the year. We want to wish you two all the best of luck. And if there's ever anything we can do here on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast, let us know. We'd be happy to help your team out, okay? Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on again.